You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. We're finishing the week previewing the final preseason game here in 2021. It's the Raiders and 49ers. Should be a lot of fun at Levi's Stadium this Sunday. Croc, we've got some questions to get to, some pressing questions when it comes to Trey Lance and uniform numbers if we have time. We've got to get to the important stuff first, which is the 49ers rookie quarterback and Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, sounds like they're both going to play a lot. The 49ers have two starting quarterbacks right now, and it's a rarity in the NFL that anything like this happens. Let's talk about this trade really quick because I just want to get your thoughts on the the Sean Wade trade, rookie corner. Cornerbacks are your specialty. I know you watched a lot of Sean Wade and scouted him for the NFL draft. And if I remember correctly, you were not a fan of Sean Wade. He was a fifth-round pick. There was talk of him being a first-rounder. He ended up being a fifth-round pick of the Baltimore Ravens. They just sent him to the New England Patriots for a fifth-rounder and a seventh-round pick. So they actually maybe earned a little bit on Sean Wade, even though um, he's only played a couple of preseason games so far. What are your thoughts on this trade? It's it's an odd one. You, it's, uh, we, ha- we saw Lynn Bowden get traded last year. That, he was a third-round pick by the Raiders and got traded before his rookie preseason was over. I think before his preseason like, even started. Yeah. Like, that and, was, well, that, that were, was a crazy trade. The Raiders used, tried to use him as a running back. It's like he, he's not yeah. a running back. He's a, a, like a gadgety <laughs> receiver, but he's not a running back. So that was just dumb from the he start. Was, uh, what's number twenty four on the on Washington football team? Oh, um, I was Gibson, call him Antonio Gibson. Gibson. Oh, this Gibson. Okay, so yeah, yeah um, they thought that they would do something like that with him. You know, he was a receiver, then you know he converted to running back, and that transitions worked fine. But it didn't work out for the Raiders. They ended up trading away for the <laughs> Dolphins, and sounds like he's doing decent with the Dolphins. Doing all right. Uh, but Sean Wade, what do you think about this trade? It's it's odd because maybe this is what happened. Maybe the Ravens were calling around. Like maybe the 49ers are doing the same thing with their defensive tackles, right? Like they're calling around seeing if someone will trade for the guy that they're going to end up cutting, you know, at the bottom of the roster. But then a team like the Patriots is like, well, we don't want to trade for Anthony Everett or Chris Westry, whoever that is, or Tavon Young. You know, maybe I don't think Jimmy Smith, Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, you got some big names there. But if you like this fifth round rookie, it's not like you're going to just move off of him because you're going to keep Chris Westry on the roster or Anthony Everett. Right. So I find this odd, but maybe the Patriots are like, yeah, we don't like those guys. But what about we'll, we'll give you something for we'll give you your fifth rounder back for Sean Wade. We like him more than these other guys. It's kind of an odd trade. I, I, I got a few tweets about this from 49er fans like hey why didn't the 49ers look into this and and I'll say this I'll start with why this just doesn't really make sense for me in a sense of like how people are viewing this the, the Patriots might be the Patriots do very specific specific things with their defensive backs so they might look at him and say you know what we can use him in this very specific role and that can work for them I think just in general if you're just looking at having five or six cornerbacks or just defensive backs on your team and you're looking at him, one, there's a couple red flags. Teams, you can't have enough good coverage guys in the league right now. Like people, you want good coverage guys. So the fact that, and in Ian Rappaport's tweet, he was like, oh, the Patriots get somebody with high upside. I'm like, dude, if this guy has this high upside that you're talking about, (laughs) And first of all, he was a fifth-round draft pick, a guy that people were projecting to go first round just a year ago. 
I was like, no way in hell. All right. And then now, okay, he gets drafted, but now you're, you're trading him. But this is a high upside. Like, what are we talking about here? And you're definitely not going to do that. I saw somebody say, well, they have a loaded secondary. It doesn't matter. His passer rating against him in the preseason, I believe, was 0. 0.000, something like that. I think it was only on, like, one target. So it was, like, him and then D'Amado Lenore, they were kind of tied for, you know, that that according to PFF. But just in general, one, I didn't care for him coming out. I thought he did get drafted where he should have or where I would have been willing to take him, and I still would have taken a D'Amado Lenore over Sean Wade. There were a lot of people that I think it was just the hype of Ohio State and in 2020, mm-hmm. they had Damon Arnett, they had Jeffrey Okuda. Those were the outside guys. So he had so Wade had to play in the nickel. All right. I watched him in the nickel and I said, that's not a nickel, that's an outside cornerback. Everybody's telling me about how great he was in the nickel. I said he's not great in the nickel. He's just not really going against guys that truly threaten him. But when he does, they eat him up. When he went up against Rondell Moore, ate him alive. When he went up against uh KJ Hamler. Ate him alive. I mean, scored like an 80-yard <laughs> touchdown. Like, I mean, like, it's like he's not a nickel. So then he plays, and I was like, he should be better on the outside. So he played on the outside. And when I say that, I'm talking about from a prospect perspective. Yeah. Because people just look at, like, stats and stuff. like. But, like, look, how does that skill set translate over to the NFL? So I was like, he, he would be better suited to be an outside guy. Well, he played outside last year because the other two guys are gone, so now he can play on the outside. And he got ate up. So now everybody's saying, well, no, he played better in the nickel. And I'm like, well, no, he played better in the nickel because he didn't have as much responsibility. And on a consistent basis, he wasn't going up against guys. But if you put him on the outside, that's where he should be best suited. But he got eight up there. So I'm just like, he might just not be good. But everybody wanted to hold on (laughs) to just what he was supposed to be. All-American coming out of high school and all that type of stuff. So he gets to the NFL and you got that, was it confirmation bias? What what do you call it again? Yep, confirmation bias. So if you liked him and felt like he was still in the fifth round and then he has the passer rating against him, that's excellent. It's like, oh, yeah, see, he's balling. I knew he would be a steal, but why are they trading him? Then? So there's something there's something there. And to me, I, I would I'm 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 good. I'm not I'm not I don't want anything to do with Sean. Wade. Yeah, he might be great with the Patriots. And again, they might use him in a very specific way to utilize his skill set. And, and like, hey, we just want you to guard this certain type of guy on this down the distance. And that's something the Patriots would do. And that's why they win a lot, right? But I just, as in as a whole, especially even with the 49ers, what they have, I mean, I, I'd be cool without them. And I'm not buying that the fourth, fifth corners on the Ravens roster are good enough. And I'm looking at the roster right now that if you hit on this fifth round pick that you're going to give up a fifth. Like the 49ers wouldn't trade D'Amador Lenore for a fifth round pick right now, right? Because right. if you hit on a fifth-round corner, that's way more valuable than a fifth-round pick. Right. So anyway, and it wouldn't fit the 49ers. The 49ers don't need another third-rookie corner either. If they were going to trade for someone. Is. They don't know if he's an outside guy, if he's yeah. a nickel. I, I know he's not a nickel, but yeah, so I mean, we'll see. It, it wouldn't make sense for before. the 49ers. The, the 49ers, if they needed to trade somebody, like someone like C.J. Henderson makes sense because he's someone that could be that long-term outside starting corner and they have free agents coming up he could be good now and good in the future you don't need more depth you don't need another fourth fifth type of corner guy you would need a a one or a two otherwise the 49ers probably shouldn't be interested the the whole depth thing let me let me talk about that real quick I think it's a little bit overblown I think everybody especially if you're really tied to a team and you pay attention to every move that a team makes I think a lot of times you look at it 
and you, and you look at oh well who's the there's no depth on this team. like but it's like no four nines actually have decent depth at cornerback like most teams in the NFL kind of look like that now sometimes like if you're like the Miami Dolphins you have two like legit outside guys in Byron Jones and Howard they pay a ton of money to those two guys right like where the 49ers are I, I, they're they're fine and with the depth behind it when you have a Diamond Lenore who looks like he could possibly come in a Dante Johnson who play multiple positions like and then the Ambry Thomas who is like okay we'll see how he develops and obviously Kawan Williams like that's that's a that's a decent five guys like is it earth shattering or anything like that no but you can win with that, especially if you have the pass rush that the 49ers have. So right. I think everybody, they focus so much on those things, but that that's not really like the the big issue unless you can get a C.J. Henderson that, that changes things. Right, yeah. You would you would need to change something nearer to the top if you were going to make a move through the 49ers. You don't need another fifth, fourth, fifth corner. Uh, and I've, they obviously like the rookies that they drafted too, so they probably think that their depth is great. And it's, there's a lot of health that's involved with this too because Jason Verrett played like a one last year. And if he stays healthy and plays like that again, you're solid on that side. I like Emmanuel Mosley. Maybe he's a dirty two. I don't know. But he's I think he's a solid starter, and he's shown he's that at times yeah. that he could be a, you know, a decent starter. And then you got K-1 in the nickel. And then if D'Amador can be a solid three right now, and it looks like he's starting to play that way, and we'll see how the rookie gets tested as things go forward and see if – teams find something in him if he has to play a lot like you mentioned Dante Johnson's still there and can do some things and I, I know fans don't love Dante Johnson and Ambry Thomas obviously has enough talent to have been a, a third round pick so the 49ers have okay depth just as long as guys are stepping up and looking like Demo's the first one that, that's like yeah you know what I'm gonna step up and I'm gonna I'm gonna ball out right now in the preseason at least so I think the 49ers if they still stay healthy could be okay but the problem becomes Verrett goes down yikes and yeah, even yeah. if even if Mosley's out, and we saw it with the hamstring, if Mosley's out, they're going to well, go at whoever's yeah. on that side. Like, right. and Mosley himself is going to get. That's another thing. Mosley's going to get targeted. So yeah, I think fans good. are going to turn on him if he gives up a couple catches because teams aren't going to go at Verrett with Mosley on the other side. They're going to go at Mosley, right? I mean, that's what Mosley I would do gave if I was an offensive coordinator. Week one last year, yeah, <laughs> fourteen catches. It's crazy. So as I hear everybody talk about uh, Keller Witherspoon, I'm like, you guys aren't going to talk about this dude that just gave up 14 catches against <laughs> so the Cardinals. Expect that, and hopefully for Mosley, and hopefully for the rest of the defensive backfield. Uh, Bosa is healthy, and uh, reports are great out of camp with him and D Ford this week, and that would be a yeah. huge boost for the 49ers to be putting pressure on opposing quarterbacks because that is the recipe for this San Francisco 49ers defense. Let's talk Trey Lance, shall we? Let's do it. Trey area, Trey. Lance, co-starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers next. Did you know the Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone like coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. If you don't know, now you know. And they've always got special flavors running through like grasshopper cookie. You know, like Thin Mints? Yeah, that one. It's really good. Uh, peanut butter, though, is my favorite. What is your favorite flavor? If you're not sure, you can do a mixed box of Built Bars. Not only are they the best-tasting protein bar on the market, they're healthy, too. 17 to 18 grams of protein in every bar. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Only 4 or 5 grams of sugar and only 4 or 5 grams of net carbs. Also, Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So go to Built.com 
Use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, we'll get to the practice report stuff, but I want to start with this question from Joshua on Twitter. He said, at Eric Crocker, at BD Peacock, it's time for a real discussion. The nickname, Trey Area, yes or no? And Croc, you, you said you have some background about this Trey Area nickname, not so much just the nickname because Trey Area is obvious where that comes from, but the way Greg Papa made the call in his first preseason game, right? Yes, and I loved it. And I think if you kind of know where it came from, and really, I, I felt like it was paying homage to E40. First mm-hmm. of all, I don't even know how Greg Popper like heard this or knew this. But when he did that call, Trey Area, when he did that, that's from an E40 song. So E40 in 2006, 2007, he came out with the album, My Ghetto Report Card. Probably E40's like, finest, some of his finest work. Like That was my favorite <laughs> album by him, period. But the very first song on there... Like that's that's the hook where he's like Bay Area like that, telling people that 40 water is back. So like that's that's where the call came from from Greg Papa. And there are a lot of people that are like, oh, I don't like uh, but I'm like, I don't even know if you guys really know where that's from. And I felt like like that was cool. Like that was him like kind of connecting with the culture and everything and tying it tying it all together with Trey Lance and doing that call on his first touchdown, 80 yard touchdown. So I hope he keeps that going. Um, and I, but I think people, when they just hear it, they're just thinking Trey area in the sense of Bay area. And like, why is he calling it like that? But there's, there's a song that says it like that. And I think we heard, uh, E40, E40 went live and kind of did that, the Trey area call like that. And I thought that was a cool thing. I hope it catches on. I hope they keep it going. I, I'm torn on it because. And e, there's so many E40 tie-ins with the 49ers too, especially recently. Uh, he, he's been up front with a lot of stuff. He had the the, the Bang Bang Niner Gang. Oh, I wasn't super into that track. It, you know, was like, I wasn't. I wasn't super but, into it. You know, it. sports and music can do that. You know, sometimes it makes us. Um, many times, most times, I think it does not. We've had that conversation. A little before. corny, huh? It comes yeah, off yeah. It comes off a little sometimes. corny sometimes when sports and music try to try to match up there. I liked it once. I, I would. I don't want to hear that like 40 times a year. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that, and like the Trey area thing, as soon as he got drafted, it's it's already kind of like played out to me. Like it, it happens really quickly. It's like, ah, you know, I feel like we could come up with something else, but it, you know, it's so obvious and it, it's good. I, I get it. Trey area, but um, I, I think it would get played out pretty darn quick and it maybe already has. And he hasn't yeah, played a regular it, season. You game. know, I just, I like the call now the nickname, whatever. I, uh, yeah, I can, whatever, but the call for the touchdown, that was that was cool to me. I thought I thought and, just and in the moment and everything. I thought that was pretty. Greg Pop is down with the the pop culture too. Like he he knows what's going on. He pays attention. Yeah, he's got to. They know that because I think a lot of people. I'd say ninety percent of people that heard that had no idea where it came from. They just heard Greg Papa yelling. <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs> Trey area. Yeah. Like what is he talking about? <laughs> uh, that's good stuff. What about Trey though? So Wednesday at practice. He's jumping in and like they're actually practicing real time during a single drive. Trey Lance coming into the game, replacing Jimmy Garoppolo and then back and forth. Jimmy coming back into the game. So we're going to see that they're practicing it for a reason. I don't know if we're going to see it in week one, 
but they're practicing it. So that's something that's going to be happening. And, I, and to be honest, I'm surprised they did that during practices where the media was there because now this was the last practice actually Thursday where it's like the training camp practices where, where the media is all there at all these practices. So there's not going to be as much media access to practices and seeing some of these things. So are they showing it on purpose so other teams see it? So they're trying to fake them out a little bit? Or is this a literally a two-starting quarterback team? And on Thursday at practice, Trey Lance was working in as we projected, Croc, right here on the podcast, talking about what kind of a weapon Trey Lance could be at goal line situations and in red zone situations. And that's exactly what Trey Lance was doing at practice on Thursday. And he's handing it off and running it himself. He's got size. He's got athleticism. And it's just a, a huge weapon to have a player like that, Cam Newton style, around the goal line. I mean, first of all, let's talk about how the beat writers, which they do an excellent job. I think 49ers beat writers doing an excellent job of covering the team. Yes, sir. But it's like, are you like you're giving up all the goods? Like, not only did they say exact like like the amount of times he was coming in and out and doing all that whole thing, just letting every NFL team around the league know, but they said specifically what they ran during that time. Like, I saw a play-by-play of how it all played out. And I'm like, these other teams are just looking and just like, thank you, beat writers. Like, <laughs> thank you for letting us know everything that they're doing. I'm like, come on, man. Like, we gotta. I feel like there should be some kind of because you I mean you're telling the fans, I feel like even if, if you just say they they mix Trey Lance in and out, fans will be excited. You know, they mix them in and out to some extent. When you start going into details, I think you're you're really helping other teams truly understand what Kyle Shanahan wants to do. Well, usually that's why teams practice that stuff when the media is not around and when there's no media access to practices, they get into the nitty gritty and do things that they don't want teams to know about. So the 49ers know that those things are going to be reported, especially with a high profile situation like Jimmy G and Trey Lance. So maybe they're doing it on purpose or maybe they just don't care because he's already told us like they're going to play. And um, Mike, uh, Mike McDaniel, the offensive coordinator was asked about it. And I think it was Grant Cohn that asked him after practice, uh, why is, I can't remember the way he worded it. It was basically like, what's the advantage of playing two quarterbacks? And he, he didn't say, oh, yeah, you probably shouldn't, you know, we're, you know we're, he, he didn't try to dance around it. He's like, oh, there's a huge advantage to playing two quarterbacks because you can use both of their strengths and use their, their strongest parts of their games. And, and basically he was like, he basically admitted, yeah, this is a two quarterback team, which is kind of crazy. Like I, this is actually happening. The 49ers he, are going to play two quarterbacks on a regular basis in 2021. If you have two quarterbacks and you feel the need to play two quarterbacks, then you have no quarterback. I mean, it's it's pretty much that simple. Now, I guess you can look at the New Orleans Saints and how they've done things for the last couple of years with Taysom Hill and Drew Brees and say that dynamic worked, right? And their offense was pretty potent, and, and it didn't seem like anybody was flustered by that whole situation. But when you're looking at this, Drew Jimmy Garoppolo ain't Drew Brees. And I don't think anybody has any type of confidence in Jimmy Garoppolo like he's Drew Brees. Otherwise, you wouldn't have looked at every quarterback in the offseason that was possibly available and, you know, thought about getting those guys. You wouldn't have traded as much as you traded up to get Trey Lance if you felt like Jimmy was anything close to Drew Brees. So, But Jimmy doesn't but, have to be Drew Brees because Trey Lance is part Drew Brees and part Lamar Jackson. Oh, right? Like isn't he? did that. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what Kyle Shanahan said he wanted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's not that, there I mean, yet, though. I guess right now he's more Lamar Jackson than Drew Brees. Because you wanted Trey Lance to start. So 
what if Jimmy's out there starting, playing most of the snaps, but you still have Trey Lance playing and utilizing some strengths in certain situations, and you're still developing him? Is, is, could it work? Is it the best of both worlds this, where you still get to develop this, your young quarterback and he's not just sitting on the bench completely because only Jimmy is playing? You know, I was thinking about that while doing the dishes this morning, and I was just like, <laughs> what happens if, if Trey Lance throws an interception? You know, so like when you're just the starter, you throw an interception, you have to go back out there and you work through it and you have time to, you know, overcome that mistake. If you're only playing a certain amount of snaps and you're coming in every so often and you throw a pick on on two attempts, like how do you learn from that? How do you build on that? Like I just, again, it can work. Again, we've seen it with Taysom Hill, but Taysom Hill wasn't really throwing the ball. It didn't make Taysom Hill a better quarterback because he's straight up losing that competition to James Winston right now and still doesn't look like he's going to be a pure quarterback. It's not even close. So, again, you if he's going to be your guy, I feel like he has to be in there. Not saying that I won't be excited when he runs on the field to do a read option and then runs off, but for, I feel like I, I would like to see him just, if you're going to play him, play him. If you're going to play Garoppolo, play Garoppolo because I don't even think it's fair to him, but I'm intrigued to see how it works out and how they really shift over to playing Trey Lance full-time. Cause I think that's what their plan probably would be. I don't think it would be like, well, we're just going to play Garoppolo and Trey Lance right now. We're just going to do this all year long. I really feel like it's just like, oh, we're going to get Trey Lance more and more comfortable with things that we like to see him do build on that. Then eventually him take over. Maybe get some extended playing time and some blowouts or fourth quarter or something like that, too, so yeah. he can build on it. But, yeah, that's that's the other thing of it. When you get a small sample for Trey Lance in the game, he makes a huge throw. Everyone's going to lose their minds. Why, is he, why isn't he in there every snap? Bigger plays, better quarterback. Let's go. Put him in there. If he throws an interception, this is going to be hard for him to come back from it because maybe he doesn't throw another pass for another quarter or another half or another game completely. So you're right. It's It's tough to battle through mistakes that way if you're not just going to stay in the game and stay out there. It's I'm interested, man. I can't wait to see how this all plays out. And the other thing is I don't think the 49ers need to screw around against like the Detroit Lions, you know? Just play Jimmy the whole game. And if you're kicking the crap out of him, let Trey Lance play the fourth quarter, you know? Uh, you don't need to be tricky, but you need to have those bag of tricks for good teams like the Packers and good teams like the Seahawks. And when you're trying to beat the Rams, then maybe you can start to break out those wrinkles. Make yeah. those teams. They're gonna need the they're they're gonna need the run game to be dominant to do that. And I don't think the run game has been as dominant as you would like to see. Again, there hasn't been any Alex Mack. There has not been any uh, Trent Williams. And I will say Mike McGlinchey is playing much better. I went back and I just focused on him. I thought he was playing very well. So, you know, if yeah, those I'll- guys are all cooking and the run game starts kind of working and opening up, then I think that'll help the passing game as well. McGlinchey looks better. I don't think he's ever going to be, you know, an amazing star tackle. I don't know what the 49ers' plans are with re-signing him because he's going to start getting expensive pretty soon. But I think he's going to be fine, and he's always been good in the running game. So, yeah, the 49ers' running game needs to be the staple of all this. And I think when Trey Lance does play, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of running. And some of it's going to be Trey Lance. A lot of it's going to be the running backs and play action. And then let it go. What do you call it? Well, we say that, but in what three quarters, Trey Lance has thrown like 30 passes. Yeah, it's it's preseason too, so I don't know if they're just you know trying to get him reps, trying to get him work, trying to get him certain looks. 
because they're not trying to win, they're not trying to go out and win a preseason game, you know. I, I had someone on um, Crock Talk TV. He was like, "Why they they need to get Mac Jones? He's he's outproducing Trey Lance." And I was like, "Uh, their numbers like their passing number, their passing yards are like identical." And Trey Lance has three touchdowns to Mac Jones zero. So I wouldn't yeah. say he's outproducing. I say he'd be more. He's been more efficient, mm-hmm. you know. And sure. we, I think everybody would have guessed that that would be the case with Mac Jones coming out. He'd be he was the most efficient college quarterback ever, mm-hmm. you know. So like, of course he's that. But you get a Trey Lance to be a more explosive guy. And although they have the same amount of passing yards, pretty much to a T, Trey Lance has thrown ten fewer passes. And hasn't connected on as many, but he's had more explosive plays. Right. And that's what that's why you get Trey Lance. Now just can you build him up to be more efficient? So I had to kind of respond to the guy that way. All right. Let's talk about this Raiders 49ers week three preseason game, the things we're looking for this weekend next. It's that time of year again. We're talking fantasy football. All eyes are now turning back to the NFL as teams are back on the gridiron to start this 2021 season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the half million dollar NFL mega contest and the $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at Bet online. Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus using promo code LOCKED ON. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, horse racing. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season at Bet Online. Use promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Croc, what are you looking to see? 49ers, Raiders. Uh, I over under on fights in the stands. Oh, I mean, there's been. I feel like they gotta play cool. Over. Play cool this time, so you can get some more 49ers Raiders games, right? And also, don't be a, the jackass that fights at a football game. Well, don't be the guy that gets beat up, man. Like I've been seeing people in the stands just getting just teed yeah, off. Yeah, well, it's one thing when you fight somebody, but it's another thing when it's all awkward because you got somebody over the top and you got someone trying to hold you back on this side, and then you got three dudes that all of a sudden team up on you or something like that, you know. Um, or someone hits you in the back of the head when you're trying to take a leak in the bathroom. So the, there's some there's some difficult situations to fight through in, in those situations why you don't want to get into them in the first place. I think it's bound to happen at one of these 49er games, and it would probably be this one. People are fired up. They haven't even been in the stands. Probably some of these guys that have like have been waiting for two years for this moment would be like, oh, my God, I've been in a football <laughs> game in two years. I can't wait to go fight somebody. Can't wait to go get kicked out. The thing is, is like most times, like, you're just a dork and you can't handle your liquor. You have two beers and you're wasted and you're trying to fight people because you're an idiot. That's mostly what I it is. Who, who, like, who buys a bunch of alcohol at the game? Like, that is like $10 they're for mad a cup they of beer. Spent 40 bucks for two beers. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it is. Oh, man. Uh, so what are you looking for out there on the field with the 49ers? I, I just want to see like a fluid offense. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to see an offense that looks like it's coming together. Uh, you know, I don't want to see the tips and overthrows consistently, uh, you know, from Jimmy Garoppolo. I just want to see like Jimmy 
you're going, you're going, this is your eighth season in the league and people are leaning on you to be that veteran guy. Like that sense of just knowing exactly what they're getting from a quarterback and being more efficient, Like, Be that guy. I would like to be that guy so I can root for you more. Right. Like, don't don't give me yeah. a reason to come on here after the game and be like, look, like that's who he's always been. Like he gives you some good. He throws an interception right to a linebacker or whatever the case is. Like, let's get all that out the way. Let's be efficient. Let's move the ball. Let's get a score on our first drive. Uh, I, I think that's what I want to see more than anything. Let's get a score on our first drive. Let, like, let's good, look good. Let's look like the team that people expect the 49ers to be this year. Yeah, do what you were doing to start the last game, except for finish the darn drive and go put the ball right. in the end zone, right? And right, I, exactly. I love the way you laid that out because it's like be the guy that's supposed to be the starter that beats out a, a insanely talented player that they just traded up to draft number three overall because – You've got to be really good to hold off a player that's as talented as Trey Lance. And everyone wants to see Trey Lance. Go out there and show everybody why you're going to be the starter if you're going to be the starter of this football team. Um, and it does sound like it's one of the things that Mike McDaniel talks about is like he said, from the top down, the organization, the coaches, head coach, GM, both quarterbacks are all about it. And they're just all about winning, whatever they need to do to win. So if Trey Lance comes in the game, Garoppolo's not pissed off about it right uh and, and trey lance isn't like this dude coming in thinking he's all that and badass and should just be given um, a starting quarterback job so i do like that vibe how long can that vibe last and when things get real into the regular season we'll see we'll see how patient fans are we'll see how uh, everything still works out we'll see how patient kyle shanahan is because he's already he's visibly tired of answering these questions and he's good though they're gonna keep coming even hotter than they have been before so uh, it's gonna be super interesting how that goes but you're right jimmy garoppolo show us something show us why you're that starting quarterback show us why they drafted a guy number three and they still kept you on the roster for 24 and a half or 26 right. million dollars or whatever it is that's a, that's actually a great point how about this one is this richie james last ride richie james versus travis benjamin versus simba webster one of those guys is going to be the 53rd man on the roster and the return guy. One of them has to make it. Which one is it? And only one. Ooh. Ah, Travis Benjamin. What? I don't know why I feel like, I, I really feel like it's a coin flip with all three of them, but I, I don't, I mean, if you coin flip, you only have two options. First of all, Croc, coins don't have three sides. Come on. I know. That's, I know. Uh, I, I don't. To me, they're they're all the same. They're all the same. They're, oh, they're the same dude. person to me. Look, Richie James has been the unofficial mascot of this program since he was drafted. So I gotta go behind my guy Richie James and and put my uh, my stamp of approval on him. I hope Richie James shows us something. I know there's more talent in there that hasn't been shown, but to be honest with you, if I had to guess, I think Simba Webster might be the guy. I think it might be Simba. I- I don't think he got enough love last game for me. Yeah, to be I want to see more of him. Like yep. confident with saying that. Cuts will come Tuesday after the game. There's going to be some other really tough cuts in this game. Uh, how, here, another one at wide receiver, Jalen Hurd. Be on the field first of all, and show us you're still that guy. Because even after all these injuries, can he still move? Is he still the dude that we saw coming out that was so impressive in that last preseason game a couple of years ago? We've really only seen one preseason game of him basically what two catches right three catches something like that show us something Jalen Hurd show us that you can make this football team well I know who is going to make this football team and this Trent Sherfield did you did you listen to Trent Sherfield on KBR no I didn't but I just want to say that when Richie James is gone Trent Sherfield takes over as the unofficial mascot of this program I'm all in on Trent Sherfield love this dude yeah oh 
listen to that and you're going to be even more all in. Okay. I mean, this is a dude. And when I heard that, is oh, of course he's making this team. Like, listen to his mindset. He said he got to the 49ers and he said, like, pretty much Arizona's offense was pretty simple. He gets to the 49ers and it's extremely difficult. Like, he's looking at the playbook and he's like, wow. So, what does he do? He gets his iPad and he studies nonstop. He's like, I studied nonstop. He said he studied every receiver position. So, he knows all receiver positions. And not only does he know all the receiver positions, he also knows the running backs' routes as well, which is how they work and match up with the receiver guys. Then he said he learned all three spots because if anybody goes down, he wants he he's like, there's no excuse to not play me. I'm going to know everything that everybody's supposed to do. And who helped him? His wife. His wife was Kyle Shanahan. She was calling out the plays. He had to get lined up. She would say, <laughs> yes. you're at this spot. He would get there. He'd know what route he was running. So just that level of preparation. And he said it like he said, I feel like I can be a star receiver in this league. Like, you know, I just know. I want to I want to have that game day jersey, right? I want to be active on game day, and if me being good on special teams is the best way to make sure that I'm on that field, then I'm going to be great on special teams. I'm going to be great at whatever it is that I do and whatever capacity they use me at. I was like, oh, this high level, high level, because I I, I doubt. And we talked about his tenacity and him staring down guys after catching balls on them and stuff like that, and his approach to the game. I'm like, man, he approaches it. Like, 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 nah, this like means a lot to me. Like, this is everything to me. And you see how important it is to him. Then you hear his preparation and it's like, of course, dude, he's just been waiting for that opportunity. And I love that he wears his football pants at all times. He doesn't go in shorts and he doesn't care what people think about it. He wears his football pants like he, he's coming to play. And the thing about Trent Sherfield is he's physically talented. He's fast right. and big. Like he's legit. He he's good. I, I'm stoked on him. I, I think he should be the number three guy. And uh, there's gonna be injuries. And I think he's gonna be out there starting he games. He talked about this year. he talked about catching those hard passes. First, he, they asked him who has the better like arm. He said Trey Lance as opposed to Kyler Murray. Um, they asked him about like you know the tough patches, the tough passes, like if they're coming in hot. And he's like, man, you know, I'm on the jug machine every day. Anyways, at the end of the day, my job is to make a quarterback look good and catch the ball. So that's what I'm gonna do. Love it. Trent Sherfield, lock to make the 49ers roster. Defense, what do you want to see? Uh, I'm going to call out Javon Kinlaw, and the starters are supposed to play. So, like, can we see the starting unit on defense? Do so, I mean, I, look, don't play Bosa. Don't play D Ford. That's okay. We don't know these guys in there. But, like, Kinlaw, get in there, play. Show that you're a D, similar to what we talked about with Hurd, similar to what we talked about with Jimmy Garoppolo. If you're a mid-first-round pick and you're a starting defensive tackle, go be that. Let's go see that. Go beat up on the Raiders. Go slap Derek Carr upside the head one or two times. And uh, in the in the defense backfield, I'm sure you have some thoughts there. But, yeah, I want to see that unit start to come together. Tart hasn't been running with the ones either. So are we going to see Tavon right. Wilson start this year, uh, uh, even ahead of Tart? Well, what happens with Hufunga? I mean, that's a guy who is, everybody's getting excited about. And you see him making some plays in the backfield. On Next the thing you know, he's, what, third string? Yep. The vets. I'd say this, too, about Hufunga, man. Like, watching... His game, especially against the Chiefs, I'd say he spent about 90% of the time in, in, in single high. I think that might be surprising to a lot of people. Uh, and even last game, uh, probably about 50% of the time, he was in single high. So he was back there a lot more than I think most people would expect. But I, I think ultimately what I want to see, really the same thing on, on both sides, like some level of dominance. Like, like, And it's weird because we just never get that with the 49ers in the preseason or really even to start the season. Like, they don't come out with that level yeah. of dominance, but that's what I would like to see. I would like to see just 
hey, can can it look like it's clicking offensively? Guys have been flying around on defense. I've loved what I've seen on defense. Everybody flying around, hitting. I mean, looking good, playing fast. Can we see that with some of the starters? Will Fred Warner be in there? Like, you know, what what is do we finally see Jimmy Ward, Ward yep. in the game? Some of these guys got to get in game shape, man. Like, it got to get them all playing like? together and on the field. And the starters are supposed to play. So, yeah, aside from Bosa and Ford, those are different deals. Get all the starters out there together and let's see them play together, play fast, and make things very difficult on the opposing offense. I'm with you. I, I know we haven't really specifically talked about matchups, but the Raiders have two, a few intriguing targets. I'm talking about Darren Waller. So how do how do the 49ers match up against Darren Waller? That's their that's their big guy. Then you got Henry Ruggs. Are you going to try to stretch the field with Henry Ruggs against the 49ers defensive backs? Then you have the physical Brian Edwards, and really Zay uh, Zay White. What no Zay Zay Jones? Zay Jones. I don't know why I said Zay White. Zay Jones. I mean he's been he's been he's been turning up, and I've been noticing it. So, and that was a guy I liked coming out of ECU. Oh, really? But I didn't expect yeah, much from Jones, but I know you love Brian Edwards too. Yeah, love Brian Edwards. So, I mean, I, I feel like they have intru- – oh, and Hunter Renfro. I don't know how I forgot about him. He's probably your best receiver, right? So, they have a lot of intriguing weapons that I feel like if the Niners are slipping, like some of these guys can give you problems. So, how do the 49ers defend those guys and what does it look like? That's, That's a really good matchup, actually. Thinking about – so, speed with Ruggs, if he goes up against Demo. Lenore, how do you yeah. how does he play against that speed? So that'll be a fun matchup to test the rookie with the fastest. Well, I watched him against Tariq Hill. I watched well, him against Tariq yeah. Hill, and it looked good. He's, like he looked good. He's seen and speed. I got the all twenty two now, so I got to see him outside of the normal TV view, mm-hmm. and he did good. He guarded about three verticals against Tariq Hill. They didn't throw any of them, but he was right there in his hip pocket. Love it. It's gonna be a fun game. I can't wait. Raiders Forty ers Been a little while. Croc and I will have it all broken down for you Sunday night. Following the game, we'll have it posted. If you want to listen Sunday night, if you want to listen Monday morning on your way to work, we've got it for you. Rapid React, 49ers Raiders right here. Locked on 49ers. Trey area.